Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. With the passing 10 days ago of Congresswoman Jackie Walorski in an Elkhart County car crash comes an effort by her Hoosier colleagues in Congress to honor her memory in a way they say she would appreciate. They want to rename the VA clinic in Mishawaka for her. It's sponsored by uh, U.S. Representative uh, out of Fort Wayne, Jim Banks, and actually it has bipartisan support from other members of Congress as well as a veteran I spoke with today. The St. Joseph County VA Clinic could soon become the Jackie Walorski VA Clinic. The bill was co-sponsored by five Republican and two Democratic representatives from Indiana. Congressman Larry Bouchon shared his thoughts with me over the phone. Jackie was very well liked in the delegation and... Uh you know, it it's, was an honor to serve with her. And I think, uh, again, the entire delegation works every day on behalf of the state uh, as a team. Other representatives shared statements saddened by her passing and mentioning her dedication to local veterans. Congressman Andre Carson said, quote, She was the daughter of a veteran and true champion for Hoosier veterans. So renaming the Veterans Clinic in Mishawaka is a wonderful tribute to our friend and colleague. Walorski's passing also impacted Vietnam veteran William Dewiron. He says she met with him a few times and she helped him get medical assistance. Because of her, um, she resolved everything within one letter as versus I was me- making continuous phone calls and sending in letters and such to the VA. Dewiron is saddened about her death but says he's thankful she went out of her way to help him out. And we're all going to go sometime, and I just hope that maybe something I have said or done in my life will leave an impact for somebody else as she has for me. The VA Northern Indiana Healthcare System cannot comment on pending legislation, but they say they do support it if it's passed into law. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. A call last week for a more robust mental health crisis team to help law enforcement in South Bend. That was the goal of a bill filed by Common Council members Henry Davis Jr. and Laurie Hammond more than a week after a deadly police-involved shooting. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reports city leaders say the proposal needs a lot of work. Officials admit more mental health assistance is needed, but the mayor, police, and fire department say they were blindsided by this proposal. So we do think that that is reckless, inflammatory. The proposal cites the death of Dante Cottrell, who was shot and killed by police while allegedly waving a handgun and pointing it at officers during a mental health crisis. The resolution claims the situation could have been handled peacefully and asks the city of South Bend to require mental health crisis training for all first responders. Local leaders say while the goal is good, the bill was hastily put together. We believe is uh, premature. Uh, and perhaps even reckless by the bill's authors to put forth uh, such statements that, uh, you know, haven't been confirmed uh, by the investigation or or, uh, other uh, evidence. Mayor Mueller also says that the wording of the bill needs to be more clear and could have been fixed with better communication. A push to to have the the fire service, our South Bend Fire Service, 
uh, be the ones to respond to mental health uh, crisis events. And, uh, and if they don't, uh, there is a thinly veiled threat that the funding for existing and uh, any future programs would be withheld uh, until that, that's implemented. South Bend Police Chief Scott Ruskowski says the death of Cottrell is a tragedy and responding to mental health crises is a complicated issue. I don't know of any clinician, any response team, any medic, any firefighter, anybody from the mayor's office or council that will go up to a person who is armed, having some type of mental crisis, and de-escalate that situation peacefully. Police Chief Scott Ruskowski. The Common Council shelved the proposal at its Monday evening meeting. City leaders at the press conference and Common Council members agreed there's a need for these resources, but many say the bill needs some work. The proposal cites the officer-involved shooting of Dante Cottrell, who was killed July 29th while having a mental health emergency and holding a handgun. The bill was written by council members Lori Hammond and Henry Davis Jr., suggesting the city fire department be part of the mental health crisis response team. Hammond says this is an important issue to her, having a 28-year-old son with autism. I am just not convinced that he can walk to Dollar General and someone not misinterpret his kind of odd behaviors. And if the police get involved, where, where are we gonna end up? I'm, I'm concerned for him. But city leaders say the bill is premature as the investigation isn't complete. Mayor James Mueller says the bill was hastily drafted with no input from public safety officials. Had the bill sponsors reached out to Chief Buchanan or, or others in the fire service, uh, you know, we likely would have, they would have learned uh, the complexities with, with uh, an idea such as this. There were some with passionate opinions agreeing with those concerns at the committee meeting, but many public commenters wanted the bill to move on. Now they say they're doing it because of confusion. We say they're doing it because of a lack of respect for the fight against racism. I'm against the bill at this point because the, the facts hasn't came out, and I believe that everybody deserves a fair chance. Hammond believes it's well written, but we'll be doing more work to get a favorable vote. We can do better as a council, we can do better as a city, and I am committed to making sure that this resolution passes. Hammond's goal is to get the bill back to the committee as soon as possible. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Starting September 15th, abortion will be illegal in Indiana, with a few extremely limited exceptions. The new law will require abortion clinics to shut down. The clinic in South Bend, Whole Women's Health, offers counseling, emergency contraceptives, and ultrasounds in addition to abortions and could legally stay open to offer those services. Because they offer more than abortion procedures, the new Indiana law allows the clinic to stay open, but they simply can't. The other services are not, they don't support an infrastructure to be able to stay open and to stay, you know, financially viable. So we will have to close after that time. But until then, Lau says they will remain open and accepting patients. Since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June, they've been busy. We are seeing patients and calls from Kentucky and Ohio. We're also seeing calls um, with requests for appointments from patients in, Indi er, in Illinois. Um, and we think that's because the demand in Illinois has gone up so much because all of the states surrounding Illinois 
um, are having restrictions put in place. Despite the additional requests, no one has been turned away, expecting patients to have to travel long distances with several Midwest states banning abortion. The company is offering help. The Women's Health Alliance has um, implemented a, way, a Wayfinder program where um, we are helping patients um, travel with logistics and financial support. As the law stands now, only hospitals or hospital-owned outpatient surgical centers can provide abortions. They're limited to only 20 weeks to save a mother's life or fetal anomalies, also up to 10 weeks for rape and incest victims, which has Lau concerned. Where patients having experiencing a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy, um, which are life-threatening situations, were still turned away from emergency rooms because doctors are unclear about what the law says and what they're allowed to do. And so this is really putting pregnant people's lives in danger. Indiana ranks third worst in the country for maternal mortality rates. Lau says she's concerned that will only get worse with Indiana's new abortion law. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. A recent study found that substance abuse among Indiana youth is at a record low, but researchers suspect the trend may have been caused at least partly by students staying home during pandemic lockdowns. An Indiana University survey of 90,000 students in middle and high school found the largest decrease in substance abuse since 1991 happened in the last two years. Experts are excited but cautious on what this data means. The Indiana Youth Survey has seen a downward trend of all types of substance abuse from cigarettes to prescription drugs over the last 30 years. Researchers say better drug prevention programs have helped, but everyone's efforts contributes to healthier Hoosiers. We've gotten a lot more engagement from the schools and from the communities that these students are from. While the Indiana Youth Survey takes voluntary data from middle and high school students, the DEA says real harm still exists. It is encouraging to see the downward trend and the downward use of uh, substance abuse. However, we cannot lose sight of the fact uh, that uh, certainly with illicit fentanyl and heroin and methamphetamine, those drugs are alive and well here in our area. DEA Special Agent Chip Cook says adults should teach kids at an early age to make good life choices. Having that conversation, planting that seed very early on, this regard to eating, healthy eating habits, I think does translate very well to uh, not using drugs later in life. The executive director of Prevention Insights agrees and admits the large decrease over the last two years could be a positive result of pandemic lockdowns, a time when students could avoid peer pressure. Researchers are curious if a rise in remote work will also help lower substance abuse in the future. Parents oftentimes working at home more. Students have less unsupervised or more supervised time in their home after school. Scientists are interested to see if these trends continue into the next Indiana Youth Survey scheduled for 2024. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. Allegations of sexual assault by a student against other students at Marcellus Elementary School in Cass County, Michigan. At least one family has filed a civil complaint against the school, alleging a violation of civil rights and Title IX. And we've learned the alleged perpetrator is currently facing juvenile charges for the alleged behavior. Because of their ages and the nature of the alleged crimes, we've chosen not to reveal the faces and names of any of the children involved. To protect their identities, we've also taken steps to hide the faces of their parents. They need to face the fact that multiple girls were sexually assaulted on their clock. 
These parents claim their daughter, who was 10 at the time and in fifth grade, was sexually assaulted by a classmate at Marcellus Elementary School. She wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating, uh, panic attacks before I dropped her off at school. And they aren't the only ones making these allegations. We are recording. This woman says her daughter experienced similar trauma, allegedly from the same classmate. When it continued to happen, she said she just felt gross and dirty and shame. All those things that come with that. The families claim it happened at the beginning of the school year and continued for months. They say there was inappropriate touching and kissing over clothing in the area of their genitalia. They also claim there were other instances of unwanted sexual behavior in the bathroom and hallways of the school. They would make other kids stand there and perform acts to this child in front of other children. I received a text from a friend and um, she had informed me that her daughter had witnessed my daughter being um, forced up against the wall in the bathroom and humped. Meanwhile, the parents all say they didn't know about the abuse their children were dealing with because the school never notified them. Later we found out that they had my daughter write a statement saying nothing had happened. Um, never, still never contacted my husband and I. When I talked to her, she said, yes, we know about an incident that happened, but we have investigated and determined that it was just booty bumping in the bathroom. In an email, the Marcellus Community Schools superintendent said she couldn't comment on specifics because of pending litigation but did say the district thoroughly investigated the matter as soon as it learned of the allegations. The district also took immediate and effective action to eliminate the possibility of subsequent student misconduct. The investigation determined that there was no sexual assault committed by any of the young students allegedly involved. But these parents are telling a different story. They both filed police reports, and both the girls have been notified their victims in a criminal case against the alleged perpetrator. The parents say not only were their daughters assaulted, but the school didn't do enough to protect them and didn't follow the law in investigating the abuse. As soon as they heard that the student here experienced, you know, reported that she experienced, they should have immediately reached out to the family and said, we're, we're giving you notice that we heard this occurred. Um, would you like us to initiate a type of investigation? Do you need supportive measures? If so, what can we do to help support you? That kind of thing. Both sets of parents say that didn't happen. It's why at least one family has just filed civil litigation. I don't feel as though our daughter was protected at the school. Things were not handled to protect her. In court documents, the school district admits it discovered students playing a game that included touching over areas of the genitalia, and two students were disciplined with out-of-school suspensions. But also in court documents, the school district denies sexual assault occurred and denies it failed to adequately respond. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 